imagine 393 days of frustration and on the 900 394th day of nhl existence the carolina hurricanes have won the stanley cup welcome to home ice advantage with historical perspectives modern day deep dives special guests and a healthy mix of good bad and or hot takes this is the best place for you to learn about your Carolina home games. I just want to say thank you, and I'm looking forward to this challenge. It's an honor, and I think we're going to do great things. What did we do? I just want to know what we did as Hurricanes fans to deserve this from the hockey gods. I just, I, someone slide me a note. I just want to... You, Huh, you know what? No, it's not time yet. You guys don't even know yet. Well, some of you might, but you, you haven't been told in the episode yet. So we'll get there. But we're going to hear from Rod Brindamore. Um, I had a whole show planned that I scrapped uh, for an episode without games. We're still going to have the mailbag segment at the end, but there were some other things I did scrap um, to return to more recent news. First things first, Dylan Coughlin has been assigned to the Chicago Wolves for conditioning. He can spend no more than 14 days in the AHL, and the Wolves play six games within that next stretch. So it is more than likely he will play all six games. And this, I, I see this move in two separate ways. One, that he hasn't played in forever. He's been a press box bunch member. And you don't want that. Even even if he's not good enough to crack your lineup, you don't just want to waste away his time sitting in a press box. You want him to play in some games. So why not send him down to the American League? He gets some games, and when he comes back up, if you do feel like playing him, well, you have the added benefit of that he's actually played in a hockey game recently. But there's more to it than that, I think. And we'll get to that a little bit later. Other news from the full team's practice on... Wednesday? Yeah, it was Wednesday. Sorry. On Wednesday was that Andre Kasha was seen practicing with Max Pacioretty and Jay, Jay Willie, Mr. Justin Williams, special advisor to the uh, general manager there. And this is a good sign. It There was a lot of questions on whether or not Kasha would ever return. Um, these concussions have given him prolonged absences, which isn't normally a good sign, but... We're not going to turn away a player if he wants to keep playing, if he's healthy enough to play. And that debate, unfortunately, does not rest with us. It rests with himself and his doctors. And at least at this moment, it looks like he's on his way back, which could very much improve our fourth line, which has not been spectacular. It's also probably not a great sign for Jack Drury, but whatever. And then the last piece of news was Freddie Anderson skated with the full team in practice for the first time in over a month. The last time he practiced with the team was November 4th. He left practice early, and none of us really knew why. And then Pietro got called up. Pietro has been tearing it up in the National League. And we'll get to what I think about the situation in the mailbag, because I was asked a question about this. And from here, we're going to pivot to Rod Brindamore's press scrum after practice. There's actually a lot of really good details in here. And then uh, definitely an upsetting one that um, we're being punished for something, guys. We're being punished for something. But let's hear from the head coach. You've got to be pretty thrilled with seven out of eight points on, a, on what's been a tough schedule and a, 
Uh, yeah, if you look at it that way, you know, obviously that's a that's great. Um, you know, I I don't always look at it that way. I always look at it the last game. You know, you win or lose, and then it's about your next one. So I didn't love our game in Anaheim. I I, I love the fact that we fought and got back into the game. I didn't think we were very good, um, but uh, you know, the effort was there. And you know, like you said, we got a we got a point, I guess. It's interesting that. Rod took it there because after the game he talked about how tired they were after a long road trip which is making excuses for his players and after a few days of reflection it's well I don't love the way they played um it's nice that they stayed in it I wouldn't necessarily say they stayed in it but you know it's nice it's nice to know that I I criticized him for being too loyal to his players if you listen to the last episode and in this moment, he's willing to admit they did not play to form. Whether it's on a road trip or not, you're still a much better team than the Mighty Ducks, and you still should have beat them. And I guess what, I, what I'm saying is that criticism officially withdrawn until I decide to pull it out again. But for right now, officially withdrawn. The reporter on that question, by the way, because I forgot to mention it, Corey Laviolette. The reporter on the next question you're about to hear is Chip Alexander. Do you keep an eye on the standings this time of the year? Um, well, I, I don't really need to. I know everyone wins in our division, so you just got to keep trying to keep pace. And you know, it's it's really you, you can look at it or not look at it, but it doesn't really change anything you have to do. You got to go and win your game. So that's really the main focus. At the time of recording, so it's about 1 p.m. on Friday. The New Jersey Devils are number one in the Metro with 43 points. The Hurricanes were distant second at 34 points, so nine points below. But then right underneath that, there was a lot of really close teams. So again, Carolina has 34 points. Pittsburgh at three has 32. New York Islanders at four has 32. The New York Rangers at fifth have 31. The Washington Capitals at six have 28. And then Philly has 23 and Columbus Surprise to no one, has 18. It is very close in the, like, I guess midpoint of the Metro at this point because New Jersey is clearly at the top, defined, and Columbus is clearly at the bottom, defined. But that nine points between us and New Jersey is also the difference between us and Philly. In fact, if we wanted to, we could take it a step farther and say the only thing that keep Carolina in A playoff position at this point is the three-point difference between them and the New York Rangers. Now, I think Rod is right that, you know, the Metro is a good division. Generally speaking, the Pittsburgh Penguins are a good hockey team. The New York Islanders are a good hockey team. The Washington Capitals can never be counted out because Ovechkin can score at will. And the New York Rangers are an okay hockey team. The Devils, of course, are a very good hockey team this year. And we are supposed to be a very good hockey team. So he's right that we just have to keep winning games. But with a Metro opponent coming up on Saturday, which is the day you're listening to this, you have to wonder how much those two points mean. And then a week from today, so next Sunday, actually, so not directly a week, but hey, it's eight days. Get off my back. Eight days from today, we start a, like, metro week. We'll play Pittsburgh on Sunday, New Jersey on Tuesday, Pittsburgh again on Thursday, and then Philly on Friday. That's four metro games that matter a lot. 
that you have to get eight points in because dropping those eight points in the Metro could be disastrous. You can live with giving the Ducks a specialty point. Can you live with giving Pittsburgh the specialty point? Or God forbid Philly the specialty point? What a disaster that could be. But speaking of the specialty point, Corey Laviolette asked a question of Rod Brindamore that I think we should all hear. Are you at all concerned about overtimes and what kind of what's gone down? Uh, well, I didn't like our last few for sure. Um, just generally how, you know, we, we didn't get the puck to start with and then just some bad changes. I mean, that's just silly stuff that shouldn't happen. Ten days on the road is kind of, even though you, you won't play at home you know, the next two games, this kind of day to be at home help mental reset for the players? Yeah, 100%. Um, and it may not, may not look like it next game. But I think it's the wear and tear over the, the course of a year of just being on the road so much that, you know, you like to just get guys home, see their families, kind of get their life back for a day or so, and then we're right back going away. But uh, that's, it's, it's a mental fatigue that sets in in the pro game of hockey. The physical thing is not as demanding as people think. Um, but mentally, it's tough to get up for every game and to play at the level you have to play at. So you do need to really watch the mental side of things. Does that apply to the head coach? Yep, 100%. <laughs> Maybe more. Maybe more so. How does it really help you? Coming home? Yeah, I mean, the, the mental reset. It's just to, to remember what's important in life. And you get caught up in just, you know, you're just your job and you're on the road. You're just, it's all you think about. And then you wait, wait a minute. And then you get home and the things aren't either, the things aren't never as bad as you think. You know, and you get home and you're like, wait a minute, this is, this is, you know, this is what's important. So um, just to kind of refresh. You know, it seems like Rod Brindamore just loves making me look like a loon. <laughs> but if you follow this logic, that means the Hurricanes should play much, 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 much incredibly better when they get to the island tonight. We'll have to wait and see. If you believe Rod Brindamore is speaking from the heart, everyone, well, not everyone, we'll get to it, but most players should be revitalized to touch the ice when they face off against the Islanders. From there, I don't know the reporter who asked the question. I think it's Chip Alexander, but the audio was a little low, and I, I couldn't quite tell. So I cut that piece out. But it is a reporter who I believe to be Chip Alexander asking what Rod Burnamore thinks of Seth Jarvis through this part of the season, through almost a third of the season. I think he's been good. I think he's, you know, you're going to have ups and downs in your second year. I, you know, go back 100 years ago, but when I, my second year was a tough year in the league after having a real good year. And most of it is because of expectations. Everyone says, well, you scored 20 your first year, you're going to get 30. And you're like, well, that's, that's hard. And so if you just actually take the expectation out of it and you watch the play, you'd be pretty happy with how he's playing. So... Uh, I think he's done really well, and I, I think he'll just, you know, his, his game's just going to grow. He feels like these last 10 games or so he's been that's, more like himself. Right? Uh, I think, yeah. right, because he's probably scoring and getting on the sheet, so that's mm -hmm. generally what everyone make, makes out of the way you're playing well, but he, he's been better for sure. This is where I decided to scrap what I had planned for today's episode. The, the next segment here is a little, little heartbreaking. I, I don't know the reporter's name. I don't recognize his voice, and the audio quality sucks, so I, I just cut him out. Again, sorry, but it is what it is. Sebastian Ajo did not practice with the team. He was in the locker room, but did not practice with the team. 
and Rod Brindamore's asked about it. This is his response. Uh, he's he's got a little lower body injury that's bothering him, so we'll see where where it goes. But uh, you know, if, if he's if he's not able to play tomorrow or practice tomorrow, he won't be playing uh, on the island. We already have an answer on this question, but before I get there, there's a whole nother press scrum from Friday that we're going to dive into. But before I get there, the Carolina Hurricanes called up defenseman Max Lejao from the Chicago Wolves. And I, this happened right after the press scrum on Wednesday and before the press scrum on Friday, so I wanted to touch on it. Because the team's official narrative is that Coughlin went down so he could get ice time. And then you'll hear the next day Rod Brindamore says, and we'll start with this first, actually, that Rod Brindamore says that the move to call a Zhao up was just to have the extra skater. Why would you want to call up Max Lejao if you already have Dylan Coughlin? Now, I guess you could say that Dylan Coughlin hasn't played in games lately, and Max Lejao has. But I don't think that's it. And, you know, outside of looking in here, at 100%, in my head, is that Rod doesn't really trust Coglin and he trusts Lejao. So why not give Coglin to Chicago for two weeks and bring Lejao up to Carolina for two weeks and just see what happens? I don't want to delay it either far- any farther. So from here, we will listen to Rod Brennamore speak in a media scrum Friday afternoon and give us some very unwelcomed news. Apologies in advance for the audio quality on this one. Again, I can't control it. It just whoever records it sometimes doesn't pay attention to the audio quality. But I'm fine with it. Still very thankful to have it. So don't worry about it. Today, is he not gonna be able to play or not? Nope. Nope. So um, we weren't sure uh, today if he was gonna be able to go. So he's not. So he won't play. It sounds like just a short day-to-day thing with him. Yeah. So just in case you weren't able to hear, they were unsure if Sebastian Aho was going to be able to practice. He didn't. So he won't be traveling to the island, and it's a day-to-day situation, which is good because it's not long-term. He won't be put in injuries or nothing like that, but it's bad because he will miss a Metro Division game against the New York Islanders. Always, always, always protect the player in these scenarios. However, you can't deny that this will be a hole in the lineup. There's only been three players to really get going this season production-wise, Aho, Natchez, and Svechnikov. Now we'll only have two of those players, as we take on a team that is trying to leapfrog us in the standings. In practice, Paul Stastny was lined with the uh, top group. Of course, because the people who cover the Hurricanes aren't terrible at their job, they asked Rod Brindamore about it after practice. Yeah, I guess you could call it the top line. I don't know. You guys name them that way. But obviously, if, if Ajo can't go, we got to have somebody step in that role. So... Um, you know, veteran guy that's been around knows how to play. Hopefully, he can you know he's not going to replace him, but you know certainly um, fill the void a little bit. I don't understand this. Got to be honest, don't understand it. So if you listen to the morning after podcast I did with Adam Gold after whatever game that was, he asked me if I want to see Nature's get a look at two C, and I said no. And I came up with this other ridiculous thing that shouldn't happen, but that's not my point. My point is that this could be the time and place to try Natchez at that center role. I I know Stastny has been playing better. I get that. But for the wide majority of this still young season, 
He was not playing well. Martin Natchez, for the entirety of this still young season, has played amazingly. Why not give him a shot to center that line? Move Nason back up into the top six. Bring Stepan off the bench. Your fourth line stays Drury, Stastny, and Stepan. And we go from there. Am I, am I wrong to think we should give him that shot? I, obviously, Rod Brennamore disagrees. Or at least practice lines. I mean, you never know with practice lines. We should preface with that. But I would love, and I mean absolutely love, to see Martin Natchez get this chance. Lose your walk all up just to kind of have an extra body for those next two rotations. Yeah. Um, well, we, we, you know, I don't think uh, Jesper Fast is going to go either. So we were just kind of, we were not sure. So we just have extra guys around. In case you didn't hear the original question, it was, was Max Lejao called up just so that there would be extra bodies around? Which, no, it literally couldn't have been that, because then why send down Dylan Coglet? But we've been into that. And then Rod Brindamore just sprinkles in the fact that Jesper Frost is a game-time decision. Which, it, I mean, hey, this has been a thing. Um, Frost has taken several, like, uh, you know, body days, you know, Get your body right, takes a day off of practice. So this isn't surprising. But the just sprinkling it in on a question about Max Lejao is a little outrageous, Rod. Like, come on, man. <laughs> huh. Anyways. Tomorrow, I mean tonight could be a lot of fun. Could be a lot of fun. It's gonna be it's gonna be a can't miss game. <laughs> the final response we'll hear from Rod is on KK. I could not recognize the reporter's name. There was like an air vent or something that overplayed his question, so I won't play it. But the basic deal was that talking to KK, he was told that, you know, KK feels a lot better as of recently. For those of you who haven't been paying attention, Jesper Kakanyemi... Jesper? Jesper? Jesper Kakanyemi? I'm forgetting now. It's one of the two. This is the problem with him and Faust. Say it the same way, gosh darn it. Anyways, I don't, I don't mean that. Be independent. You're, you're people. You deserve to have your names respected. I'm sorry. Um... Anyways, this tangents here. The the point was that Rod was asked about Kakanyemi, who feels better about his game as of late. And if you've missed it, Kakanyemi has taken a lot of flack since before the season even started about how he probably doesn't deserve to be in the lineup. Something I vehemently disagree with and think that people overlook that Kakanyemi does all the small things right. Defensively, his game is there. Offensively, not so much. And that's what Rod Brindamore got into. He's, he's, he's had a lot of opportunities, especially early in the year. Actually, he had a, a, a ton of chances and just, you know, didn't go in. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, listen, any, all our guys that are playing big roles need to produce. I mean, that's just at the end of the day, you do have to produce. So he's been fine. He's, you know, he's been good defensively. He's been doing a lot of other things. He just, we do need to puck to go in the net for him. And there it is. That's it. That's what I've been saying this entire time. Okay. Yes. Do it. Does he get paid to score goals? Yeah, a little bit there. He. I mean, he centers the second line. Yeah, he, he definitely does. And he has not been producing at the level we would like him to. But to say he has been a liability is idiotic. Still to this day, the most productive line we have had this season has been the confidence line. Martin Natchez, Andrei Svechnikov, and Kakanyemi. Okay, fine. I get it. You don't care because Martin Natchez and Svechnikov were both having good seasons. But that doesn't come with instant goals. Because when they were paired together with Aho, their production was nowhere near what it was with Kakanyemi. Uh, j- j- 
I could go on for a legitimate hour defending Kak and Yemi and how there was a ton of people who have decided that he is the player to pick on this season. He he is the Martin Natures of last season. That's what Kak and Yemi is this season. And it's 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 a shame. It's a shame because he will be here for a long time. That eight-year contract he signed, the team hasn't given up on him. He's not being moved. He's not being dealt. He's not going to be cut, sit down to the AHL, or whatever other ridiculous notions people have in their minds. He's here to stay. So why don't you just sit back, relax, and enjoy some Finnish hockey? Anyways, Woosa. Woosa. Might, might have gone in too deep on that one. Um... From here, we will actually transition to the mailbag that this episode was mainly supposed to be before Rod Brindamore decided to destroy the episode. Uh, <laughs> I did create a special little segment intro for this uh, you know, inaugural mailbag episode. So if you enjoy it, let me know. And if you don't, shut up, because it took me like two hours. And it's not an at all a ripoff of a sound effect from the late 90s or early 2000s. You've got mail. See, wasn't that a work of art, like the best absolute intro you've ever heard anywhere? We'll just start first with Twitter, and specifically, uh, Iwich? Iwich? Sounds like how I pronounce it. And before I actually answer the question, Twitter was an absolute disappointment. With one question, with my highest following through all of social media, it, 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 come on. I know there's more listeners than that on Twitter. But the question is... You have to make the team's pre-game meal. What are you serving? To be very clear, there is going to be no nutritionist, nutritional excuse me, value in this, and it's just going to be a mac and cheese bar with all of the fixings. And if you don't know what a mac and cheese bar is, unsubscribe now. That's fine. I'm completely okay with that. Jumping straight over to Instagram, we have Novak with, What do we do with PK once the goalies are all healthy? And this one's going to be answered fairly soon now that Freddie Anderson is practicing with the full team. So give it like a week, maybe a week and a half, and he should be back in rotation. And there's only one real thing you can do here, and it's rotate the three goaltenders. You can't send Kochekov back down to the American League after he saved your month of November. Imagine how much worse November would have been without Kochekov. There's also... No way that you can trade either Anderson or Ranta because both of them are just too unhealthy. They they get injured or tweak something too often to rely on just one of them to be the starter and or backup, you know, whichever way you want to say it. But they are both unreliable, so I don't see trading any of, either of them. Write out the goalie trio that you have until the end of the season, see where it takes you, and go from there. And then the final question... I will answer, because I might be doing this early Sunday morning, or sorry, Saturday morning, is from Zach. And it says, why did you choose Home Ice Advantage? I'm assuming you mean the name, Home Ice Advantage. And it's back when the podcast was first invented with my brother, we were trying to think of something that would last the test of time, but would also represent like the homeor roots, like the fan support roots we were looking for. Rod, uh, and Rod We Trust was an original name idea, but there was a chance that Rod Brindamore could not be re-signed. Um, I mean, very, very low, but it was there, and one day he'll retire. So you didn't want to rely directly on that. The Carolina Hurricanes have always had a huge home ice advantage because of just the you know insanity that is the Kaniacs. 
So home ice advantage it was. As always, thank you for listening. There is links down below to follow me on all different sorts of social media. If you're already listening and finished an entire episode, you might as well subscribe wherever you're listening to it. I will talk to you again on Wednesday.